Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Hello and thank you for listening to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. My name is Jay Shear, a pastor and certified kingdom advisor. We appreciate the fact you're using wisdom from this podcast to facilitate better financial stewardship in your life. If you have questions about today's podcast, feel free to give us a call at 888-226-7614. That's 888-226-7614. You can also find our contact information at kingdomplanadvisory.com. I encourage you to go to the website. You can sign up for a a newsletter. You can sign up for a free consultation. Uh, See if we can, can get you on the path of, of good, obedient financial stewardship. Now, over the last several podcasts, I've been talking about a concept called the final tithe. The final tithe relates to estate planning with a, with a non-secular biblical view. Okay, Most estate planning uh, that I've run into in the last 25 years as a planner is, the, is a worldview planning uh, technique. Um, not to say that, that the technique doesn't work. Uh, but it normally doesn't include a non-secular, kingdom-oriented concept. It just it just doesn't. Now, I started off the 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 series on on the final tithe, speaking about ownership. Ownership understand or understanding ownership is the the critical component of non-secular financial planning. God owns it all. God has never relinquished ownership of anything to us. The silver and the gold is his. The birds in the air are his. Everything is his. He has entrusted us to manage those assets that he has placed into our lives. That is the pure definition of steward. Steward is someone who manages the assets of someone else. So when it comes to estate planning, what happens in, in a person's life is they may be a good steward. You or I may be a good steward our entire life. We give our tithes and offerings to the church. We're very charitable. We help the needy, the poor, the sick, the widows, the orphans. And then at our death, based on our will or our trust or our beneficiary designations, we exclude the kingdom. We exclude the kingdom. That is what I normally see um, for, for people that are coming to me for consultation regarding estate planning. I, and this sounds a little harsh, but I consider that uh, being a thief. If God owns it all, do you not think that at our death, God still owns it all? Why would we not include the kingdom in our estate plan? Now, I'm not saying that you got to give everything to the kingdom. What I'm saying is it needs to be part of the conversation. It needs to be part of your planning. For example, if you give 10% of your, your weekly or monthly income to the church or to the kingdom, why why would you not consider that at your death? You know, estate planning is the transfer of assets at your passing. Wealth transfer happens while you're living. So wealth transfer is I'm you know I'm giving money, I'm giving appreciating appreciated assets, I'm doing all these things for the kingdom while I'm alive. But at death, for whatever reason, whenever the the worldview attorney draws up the will or the trust. Many times, not always, many times that it's excluded. And I am just basically bringing the concept 
to light that at our death we should also include the kingdom. That is my personal opinion based on the fact that we don't own it. God owns it. So the the first thing that, that, that I spoke about in this series is the, the will utilizing a will everyone needs a will people i don't care whether you're worth a dollar or you know 10 million dollars a will does many things okay if it's if it's written properly a will is going to handle those assets that are not handled by other things that have a named beneficiary so normally things that you can look or look at or touch um you know antiques personal property coin collections uh guns fishing stuff boats cars possibly possibly real estate, those are normally handled by the will. Now, there's some critical things in a will that that should be included. One is power of attorney. Um, I have seen it time and time again where a, a person does not have a power of attorney and it becomes a problem if they are incapacitated or they have dementia or Alzheimer's and there's really no one to pay the bills, right? There's no one to take care of the animals. There's no one to take care of the house. You need a power of attorney. Uh, it, it normally is someone geographically located close to you uh, that can can handle things for you. I, I don't normally recommend someone be a power of attorney for a person who lives in Florida, but the power of attorney lives in the state of Oregon. Uh, that it's geographically it's, that's not uh, uh, it's just not doable. Usually, it's someone that's close if possible, and then you name a medical representative within that will. Medical representative is going to follow your wishes that you, while of sound mind, say, you know what, I, I don't want to be, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I want to add a, a do not resuscitate order, or I want to just be kept comfortable during, a, you know, my final time on earth. Those kind of things. Everyone's wishes may be different, but naming a medical representative would allow that to happen. If you don't add that in there, your, your personal wishes may not be carried out according to what you want. Okay. The next podcast I spoke about trust. Trusts are a great instrument for grasp beyond the grave. Okay, grasp beyond the grave. You're controlling things that uh, are above and beyond what a a beneficiary designation or a will would do. Maybe it's taking care of a a special needs child. Maybe it is providing income to your grandchildren. You don't want to just dump money on their lap. There are a number of variables. Um, that can be included in the trust. Maybe you're dealing with a, a person who has addictions and you don't want to dump a bunch of money in their lap, but you want to provide income to take care of them, you know, their medical needs, that kind of thing. A trust does that or can do that if it's written properly. It also does things that, that are kingdom-oriented. It's a wonderful tool. With that being said, not everyone needs a trust. Okay, and, and In fact, very few people actually need a trust. Many times it can be carried out or your, your wishes can be uh, enacted by the use of a will and proper beneficiary designations. Some people do need a will. I'm, I'm sorry, some people do need a trust, uh, but I think everyone needs a will. The next thing I talked about after wills and trusts is I talked about beneficiary designations. Okay, Beneficiary designations. The proper use of beneficiary designations is crucial, critical, and free. Okay, you can do a lot of things to carry out your final wishes to include the kingdom in your estate plan by the proper use of beneficiary designations. And I talked about 
a payable on death through the a, the banking institutions, a transfer on death through the investment institutions, uh, beneficiary designations on annuities, life insurance, 401ks, IRAs, Roth IRAs, 457 plans, 403Bs, whatever it may be, retirement plans. Very, very critical. And then we talked about on the podcast uh, tax-efficient planning, okay? What pile of money do I leave to the, the kingdom? What pile of money do I leave to my children or to my grandchildren uh, or living, breathing people? So all of these are, are really instrumental in, in a, a biblical view of estate planning, including the kingdom in estate planning. Um, but here's, here's the issue. <clears throat> It is, it is just common practice that a person just says, well, at my death, I just want my kids to split it up. Okay, I just want my kids to split it up. Now, unless you have a special needs child and unless your children are living in a bridge uh, or under a bridge in a box, um, it, it's not necessarily uh, necessary to leave 100% of your estate to your children. I really think that you need to, to consider being charitable, including the kingdom, being a good steward at your death. Now, I have said that, that, that particular line thousands of times when people say, well, I'm just going to leave it to my kids. And my, my question is, are your kids living in a box under a bridge? Are they financially dependent on you in their sixties? Um, well, no, and here's why I asked that question. And it sounds sarcastic, but it's not meant to be. If you want to know something that causes problems um, at our death, it's dissemination of assets. I have seen time and time and time again, families being broken up. Arguments. Um, really, it just it just horrible um, treatment of siblings based on dissemination of assets. You know, I'm just going to give you a, a for instance. Let's say uh, you have two children. <clears throat> Little Johnny has not been a good steward. You know, Johnny's in his 50s and you've bailed him out from credit card debt. You've bailed him out from divorce. You've bailed him out from getting in debt. Um, you know, and you could place the number on it <clears throat> and your daughter, uh, and this is just fictitious, but I'm just giving you the for instance and your daughter, uh, has been financially responsible. Uh, has got a good job, pays her bills. Um, good financially is a good steward. <clears throat> and at your death, you say everyone gets 50, 50, <clears throat> everyone gets 50, 50. Well, your daughter may not be happy about that. She may have some resentment that her brother basically got an inheritance while he was living and they still have to split the remaining assets 50-50 at death. Other situations that are not uh, uh, like that would be farmers. <clears throat> let's say your son farms or let's say any small business. Let's say one of your children is involved in the business. They're going to get the business and the remaining assets are split 50-50 as far as cash, 401ks, IRAs, that kind of thing. Once again, it's over or underweighted. 
And then all of a sudden we're, we, we, we get into this, this scenario where it's, it's not fair, right? How many times have you heard that? It's not fair. You know, uh, mom and dad gave my brother, you know, $75,000 over, you know, the last 20 years because, you know, he keeps getting in debt or, you know, he went to college. They paid his college. I didn't go to college. Um, You can add hundreds and hundreds of scenarios. And the reality is it needs to be dealt with. Why? Because as parents... We don't want to leave this earth, okay? We don't want to go to our heavenly home with problems left behind. That is not our intent. You know, we don't intentionally try to create problems, especially at our death. And having a kingdom-oriented conversation about your estate plan cannot eliminate all the problems, but it can eliminate some of the, the upfront problems that you don't normally consider. Emotion is, is a, a big deal at death. Grief is a big deal at death. In-laws, son-in-law, daughter-in-law, are a big deal at death. Your two children may not argue, but when you have in-laws that are saying, why did your brother get more than you? Why did your sister get more than you? It starts to become problems. And all that I am, am trying to relate is that it is critical that you don't allow that to be uh, uh, left to someone who who, who um, may not follow your wishes. Okay, for example, dying intestate, dying without a will, and the state's going to come in and say, "Well, here's how it's going to be divided." I have seen, and, and this this may not be believable, but it is. Uh, I have seen estates be consumed by attorney fees because of siblings or family members fighting over the inheritance. Some of them lasting 8 to 10 years. The attorneys walk away with with two-thirds of the the assets and eventually it is broken up among, by order of court, the surviving heirs. The situations are ugly. Um, I've seen situations where siblings are suing each other over an estate. <clears throat> if you if you just Google some of the famous people that have passed away, um, Prince, um, the, the, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. is a good example. If you would just Google say and just type in the the estate settling the estate of of Sammy Davis Jr. You'll see things that are just being drawn out. If you want to see the worst of people, involve the the issue of money at death. I'm telling you, it just creates problems. And as a good, obedient steward, I'm simply saying to you this. Be proactive. Okay? Be proactive. Sit down with a good estate planning attorney. Sit down with a good advisor. That understands, number one, uh, including biblically responsible estate planning in the conversation. Okay? And go through the steps. Go through the, uh, number one, understanding ownership. Number two, you know, the, the handling of the will, possibly trust, proper beneficiary designations. And wrapping it all up. Is a is an estate plan ever perfect? No, 
you just can't get so in depth that and and I see people struggling with that that they're trying to to prevent any kind of problem. Sometimes you just can't, but you can make a really good effort, a really good effort, uh, and get these things in order and. Unless it's an irrevocable trust, many times these are revocable, meaning that you can go in and make changes based on the things that are happening in your life. Maybe there's divorces uh, among your children. Maybe they're, they're, your beneficiaries have, one of them has passed away and you want to leave their children, their share. I mean, there's a number of variables that are included in this. But as a as a, a kingdom advisor, someone who, who is trying to teach good stewardship, I can tell you this. The to reach a level of contentment involves being biblically responsible. All right? Being biblically responsible. We are still tasked, even at our death, with taking care of the needy, the poor, the widows, the sick, the orphans. We are. That doesn't change. Okay? And when we include that, I see a, a level of contentment when a person becomes charitable in their estate plan. I see contentment start to creep in. And then the, people spend more time on things that they enjoy in life, like the, the golden years. You know, my dad, who passed away last September, you know, he taught me a, a valuable lesson. He said, Jay, there's a point in your life where the, stun, the sun is starting to set. The sun is starting to set. You know, I, I'm at that point in my life. I'm uh, in my mid-50s. Um, you know, unless I live to be 110, the sun is starting to set. And he, and he related that, <clears throat> you know, a person should focus on the things that, that make them happy, make them content. And if you are, are struggling <clears throat> with, with issues of, you know, dividing assets and estate plans and, you know, focusing on money, it, you're just not going to be content. You're, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So I encourage you to do this. Go back and listen to the last four or five podcasts. And start and, and please take notes. And compare what you have in place now with what I'm, I'm recommending to you. Now everyone is different. I, I'm not an attorney. I've been a financial planner since 1996. Um, I know my way around the block. Um, but the reality is you have to have a good estate planning attorney, specialist, specialist, let me quote unquote specialist who specializes in estate planning. And that is a, that is a starting block. Okay. Your advisor and your estate planning attorney need to be working together. They need to work together. Unless, unless you're. Uh, an attorney is also a, a, a licensed fiduciary uh, advisor. We can't do it all unless your advisor is a is a licensed attorney. You can't do it all. We it's no different than going to your general practitioner and the general practitioner says, "Listen, I'm going to send you to a specialist uh, because you need a specialist." The estate planning is is that scenario. So, you know, I, I tried to simplify this conversation. And break it down into into modules. Like I said, ownership, wills, trusts, beneficiary designations, uh, tax efficient planning, and uh, 
hopefully get you to a point where you say, you know, I'm going to, I want to do something. People, contentment is, is, is a real, you can't put a price on it. When, when you wake up and say, if I, you know, if, if I died today, or maybe I don't wake up when I go to sleep, that I know that I've done my best. I've done my best to be a good steward. That, that I've included the kingdom in my estate plan. That on my way to my heavenly home, to my eternal home, I have been charitable. Listen, <clears throat> stewardship is not, a, is not a path to salvation. Okay? Being a good steward doesn't grant you salvation. But, Scripture does say that our stewardship will be reviewed. You know, all money is a test. All money is a test. <clears throat> and I think we should make a much better effort of being stewards. Yeah, I mean, I'll leave you with this. The most discussed topic in Scripture is what? Money. Money. God knew that we were going to that we were going to be bumbling idiots sometimes when it comes to money. And as as um, you know, I have done planning and consultations and and been involved with people over the years. Uh, the difference between a good financial steward who avoids debt and is charitable as a good giver, you know, being a good giver is the only thing that breaks the power of money. Uh, their level of contentment, their happiness level is far exceeds the person who is not a good steward. That's not by accident. That's by God's design. So once again, I'm Jay Shirts, pastor, certified kingdom advisor. If you have questions, uh, comments, you know, I'm always learning. Uh, at, at, at no point do I think I know it all. <clears throat> but I would love to be able to help you facilitate that level of contentment from good financial stewardship in your life. Feel free to give me a call, 888-226-7614, or you can reach us at kingdomplanadvisory.com. God bless you, and I hope that, that this, this final tithe modules uh, has been helpful. Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit kingdomplanadvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.